So ultimately, I think this is a way for the active partner to be able to win and the passive partner, if there is one, to be able to win also. So I think this structure is best because it's not a one size fits all for the multiple partners that you may have. You can have partners that are active or passive, operators and investors that both win, both have asset protection and both have tax advantages for their role. I have a better option than the dinky RAL. Let me show you how to create a luxury new construction mansion of an assisted living. When I started out in assisted living, nobody had a roadmap for how to build and operate a luxury assisted living. I'm here to document my journey as I grow my business and provide you tips and strategies for you to succeed. Hey guys, if you want to see all the charts and diagrams for how I structure this, you can see all of these things on my YouTube channel. Welcome back to Assisted Living Investing with me, your host, Brett Schottkavis. I own and operate Platinum Resort Assisted Living in Georgetown, Texas with my beautiful wife, Laura, and I wanna show you a path to success. How to achieve financial freedom and take back your time through the vehicle of Assisted Living Investing. So we started a private Facebook group called Assisted Living Investing Memory Care Mansion. If you wanna join, this is where Laura and I are showing all the behind the scenes action, the tips, the failures, the journey. We're documenting step-by-step, step. it's unedited, it's raw and it's real. Here's what it's like being an owner and building your own memory care mansions. So search us on Facebook, join the group and I'll see you on the inside. All right, now for today's episode, I wanna to talk to you about entity structure. What type of LLCs, companies, businesses, entities, right? What are you gonna create and how do you do this? Because it can be kind of complicated and kind of confusing. And ultimately, there's three objectives that I wanna talk through as you are structuring this with your CPA and with your attorney. The first is I wanna separate my businesses. I wanna separate my real estate from my operations company. The second is I wanna get a plan to address asset protection and my tax management. I wanna protect my assets and pay less money in taxes. The third is I wanna structure this in a way where myself and the rest of my team or partners can all win. So I'll show you how I'm setting this up. So I'm in Texas, so some of my examples will be Texas entities, right? If you're not in Texas, obviously don't do that. But I consulted with a CPA and attorney for this. You should definitely not copy what I'm doing. You should go and consult your own CPA and attorney but you can use this as an example, as a starting place for a conversation. So let's break this down. The first thing you have is you have a real estate company, right? You're going to own the building, the land, whether you build new construction, whether you buy an existing building, whether you buy a home or a building, convert it, it's roughly the same, right? You're going to have real property, that's land and a building. You wanna keep that separate from your operations company. So the first entity you're gonna have is the entity that will hold the real estate, the real property. And again, for me, I'm in Texas. So I have a Texas LLC. That is my local entity and you should have a local entity for you that owns your real property. So this entity, your real estate company, this is gonna have a lease with your operations company. And we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But this real estate entity, right? This is the one that will have the loan from the bank. So now the question is who owns this real estate company, right? And I don't want myself to own it or my wife to own it. I will actually have a holding company behind that. And that's ultimately another company. So this disregarded entity that owns the property is owned by a holding company. 
And for me, my attorney had me set up a Wyoming entity. This holding company is based in Wyoming and you don't have to set it up that way. There are several states that have some of these strategic advantages where you may consider having your holding company in another state that you don't live, right? Wyoming is one of those states. So I have my real estate company is owned by my holding company. My holding company is a Wyoming based entity. And then that holding company that is owned by me right? It's owned by me, whether it's in my personal name or whether it's in a trust. And there's really a sequence of events there, right? Ultimately creating asset protection, having barriers to potential liability between myself and my asset, which is the real property. Now, if you're going to grow your business, you're going to expand, have multiple buildings, multiple pieces of real estate, this could potentially be owned in the same sequence, right? Owned by a local entity, which is disregarded or a partnership and then pushing up into that holding company, right? So my holding company doesn't own any real property. It doesn't own any real estate, no buildings. It only owns multiple entities and each of those multiple entities therefore flow down and own real property. They own real estate. So you can build out a company. You can grow your business by flowing this up into your holding company. Now, again, just to reiterate, you should talk to your own attorney about these kind of things. And if you don't have one, you can simply search asset protection attorney and see what comes up. You can find a national company that specializes in this. You can find a local attorney that specializes in this, but I would get some advice and don't just copy what I'm doing. So now let's talk about the other side of this. You have your operations company, and that is the one receiving the lease from the real estate company. You may own both companies. It may be 100%, it may be split between partners, but ultimately, if you are the deal maker, if you're putting this together, you may be signing the lease on one side as the manager of one company and then signing the lease on the other side as the manager of another company, and that's totally fine. So you are creating a separation, a barrier, because most of the risk in this business is on the operations company, right? But most of the asset the potential millions of dollars in equity is on the other side. It's in the real estate company. So you want to separate those two things, right? Your golden goose needs to be separated from the risk. You have cash flow on one side. You have a big long-term equity play on the other. You don't want those things to be in the same entity. So let's talk about this operations company. This is the business that is actually running the assisted living. It has the lease agreements with the grandmas and grandpas. It has the rent that comes in from them. It has the caregivers and the managers and the chef that's on payroll. It has all the expenses of the operation. So this business, we'll call it the operations company. That operations company for me is a local LLC. So for me, it's a Texas LLC. And then there's a couple of different ways you can go from there. So depending on how you want to set up your asset protection, you can have that owned by a management company or you can have it owned by yourself, your persons. So for example, this operations company, if you had it owned by just your persons, you may want to have that be an S corporation, right? An LLC taxed as an S corporation to potentially pay yourself a lower reasonable salary and then potentially have lower FICA taxes that comes to your person, right? So you may choose to do that if you are owning this whole thing by yourself, or you may choose to put a management company between yourself and the operations company. Again, it is another barrier of protection, another barrier against liability and potential lawsuits, right? So you have this operations company. It is now owned by a management company. The management company does not 
collect rents from the grandmas. It does not pay staff that take care of the grandmas. It really is your company. It is the owner's company as a buffer between the operations and your person. So that management company, you may want to set it up as an LLC taxed as an S corp. This way, again, you pay lower FICA taxes and unemployment taxes there, right? This S corp would then be owned by your person. Or if you have partners in the deal, then I would structure it this way. The operations company that does the actual work, I would have that be set up as a partnership. And then that partnership is going to be owned in part by your management company, which again can now be taxed as an S corp or disregarded. And the other owner of the operations company would therefore be your partner's entity. Now that again is their choice, whether they want to have a management company in there or they want to have a holding company in there, or they want to have their personal name in there. But this strategy would allow each of the partners to choose what is best for them as far as asset protection and potential tax consequences, because they can structure it as a disregarded entity. It flows through to them or as an S corp to take a lower reasonable salary or however they choose to set that up. So as you grow your business, again, you are separating the real estate from the operations. So if you had five different businesses, I would have five different operations companies. And then the principle is still the same. That can be owned by one management company instead of five management companies, right? So your management company is almost like your holding company. So you're going to own the management company. The management company is going to own each of these five operations companies. And if you have partners, it's the same principle. They can have their own management company or holding company that is going to own part of each of those five operations companies. So this strategy ultimately allows for asset protection and for tax management. Now on the asset protection side, the core of it is you are separating the real estate, which is your nest egg, the big multi-million dollar exit strategy from any potential risk, any liability, which is mostly on the operations company side. And then furthermore, you're separating the companies that own the real property and the companies that own the operations company away from yourself by having a holding company or management company in between and potentially by using some of these strategies where you're using a Wyoming entity or another out of state entity, there may be veils in place that they are not able to penetrate. Then there's the benefits of tax management. You have the option of the S corp or the disregarded entity, and it may be a win in one way or another for you. If you're an active operator, an active partner in the role, then you may choose to, I'm going to set this up as an S corp to potentially have the reasonable salary, then the potentially lower FICA taxes and unemployment taxes. Or if you have an investor role in the deal, you're a passive partner or member, then you could potentially structure this as a passive investment where you are not the manager or the active partner in this and your K1s flow through as a passive income source. So ultimately, I think this is a way for the active partner to be able to win and the passive partner, if there is one, to be able to win also. So I think this structure is best because it's not a one size fits all for the multiple partners that you may have. You can have partners that are active or passive, operators and investors that both win, both have asset protection and both have tax advantages for their role. Well, thank you for joining me on this episode of Assisted Living Investing. I will see you on the next one.
Hey guys, if you wanna see all the charts and diagrams for how I structure this, you can see all of these things on my YouTube channel.